Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, everybody. We've got the gang here. Hello. Episode 74. We're back. We're reunited like the Wonder Twins. Yeah. That over there is Megan, as you can see on the screen. Hi, and that's Tyler. As you could just see on the screen, it just went away. (laughs) Together we make what you can see on the bottom of the screen, Whiskey and Wonder. I'll figure out what my camera is one day. (laughs) I promise. And uh, Whiskey and Wonder, every week, uh, Tyler and I get together and we review a whiskey and uh, teach the others something that has made us wonder. Yes. Yes, we do. And like I said, this is episode 74. Um, So apparently we've been at this for quite a while, um, but you wouldn't know it from our professionalism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to jump into the announcements. And the first one I have is, let me pull it up over here so I can see it real well here. All right. The first one I have is that we are at, and it's changed since we've sat down to record this. <laughs> uh, we are sitting at 400, or 400, 4,883 listens. So that might not mean much to the, the, if you're just joining us for the first time, but it means a lot to the longtime listeners because we have a goal that once we hit 5,000 listeners, um, we're going to make Megan do something incredibly, incredibly horrible. Uh, yeah. Embarrassing for her. Um, now, if you're on YouTube, you can see Megan's hair is like blue. And I have seen her hair every color of the rainbow in the last, I don't know, three, four years I've known her. Yep. Yep. So dyeing her hair a funny color wasn't wasn't an option. Um, I thought about shaving her head because if, if the backstory on this is I shaved my beard off when we hit 2,000. I can't I, remember. I think 2,000, 2,500 listens, something like that. Uh, begrudgingly shaved my beard off. And anyway, it has since grown back. No harm, no foul. Uh, just a little bit of embarrassment for, you know, a couple months. Uh, actually, it was about a month and a half before it really started coming in. But anyway, so now Megan's punishment is at 5,000 uh, listens and... I was going to make her shave her head and decided, nah, she would do that. Yeah, she <laughs> not a care. big deal. I could do that. Uh, so the punishment that was settled upon is that she has to get a hot pink dress. I have never seen Megan wear a dress. Um, and I've never seen Megan wear hot pink. She came to me earlier with a dress that's very like light pink. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Not not what I'm He's talking like hot magenta. Bubblegum. Brighter than bubblegum. Yeah, like something that people wouldn't normally wear. Like light pink dresses. Some people wear those, you know, just around. Mm -hmm. This is something that nobody wears ever. And so we're going to make Megan wear that and go out in public in it and out and about. And so... I think we had settled on a dinner somewhere with you, Houston, myself, and Shelby. Yep. So we are closing in on that, guys. We we appreciate your support. Get us there. We only need 117 more listens. No. Yeah, 117 more listens. My math's pretty quick on the fly. Not bad. In this last week, we got 120 listens. So let's make it happen. Can happen real fast. Yep. Um, it'll, it'll sneak up on you. 
Um, Oh, I know why that sounds low. I turned the volume down earlier. There we go. Shame on you. Yep, I was listening to music and jamming. Um, Where's my notes? There we are. Did you have any other comments you wanted to make on that? Um, well, I mean, for new new listeners, uh, even a hot pink dress probably doesn't sound like the end of the world. Um, it is for Megan. It It is for Megan. Yep. Uh, I am... Uh, I would call myself goth, uh, and I really have no interest or desire to ever wear anything that color and look prim and preppy and posh, and I don't, I'm not looking forward to it. I wear combat boots and skulls and dark makeup, and I have my hair crazy colors, and I'm very uncomfortable. Yep. So. So this is a payback for me having to shave my beard off. Thank you guys for helping me get it. <laughs> um, so I misspoke last week. I want to make it very clear. I apologize for that. I put it in the notes in the episodes. I said that on our Patreon, uh, we have a couple different tiers. Um, and I said that one of them was a dollar. Um, and that was false. It is $2. Two dollars. $2 a month. So we have three different tiers that you can join. Uh, one is $2 a month. One is $5 a month. And one is $10 per month. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I know some of these are lacking in stuff. We're working to add more stuff constantly, but it is just Megan and I, and we do both work full time. So, you know, adding some stuff, it, it, it can take us a little bit of time to brainstorm everything out. Our schedules are very different. So, yes. Um, but anyway, the if you go to uh, patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder, you can see the $2 membership. Basically, that one gets you um, the right to vote on what goes in the infinity bottle. Um, and that that's pretty much it. We'll cheers to you um, as well. But we'll cheers to any anybody that's a patron. So uh, the $5 one, uh, you also you get to vote on what goes in the Infinity Bottle as well as uh, you get early access to episodes. You get them Mondays instead of Thursdays. If you're a long-time listener, you know we used to put everything out on Mondays and we've started putting them out Thursday nights uh, or Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings now. I think it's actually midnight between Wednesday and Thursday. So, yeah. um, And then we also have a $10 a $10 um, tier that we're, we're brainstorming more things to put in here and the $5 one. Um, right now I've got a free sticker in there, which I, we only have one sticker left, so <laughs> it might take some time. I got to order we'll, some more. We'll have to get some more. Um, we'll give you a personalized shout out. We're looking, that leads me into my next um, announcement is that I mentioned it last week. We're looking at starting a whiskey Wednesday club essentially where we're still working out the the details on that. We will do a video hangout session, whether that's on zoom or Google hangouts or discord. Megan tells me that your cage there, you know, you have that capability with discord. I don't know personally, but I can figure it out, I guess. If I have to, I'm hoping Megan can show me one day. I could definitely, yes. Um, but, you know, we want to do a video hangout where we get together and hang out and drink whiskey together, even if it is virtually. You know, I understand that we have some people 
that listen. I know Megan's family is in a different time zone than we are. And so we're trying to figure out what time would be best um, on Wednesday. Our schedules are very different, but so chances of getting us both is slim to none because by the time Megan's off of work, I'm going to bed so I can be up the next day for work. Um, so if you have any input on that, shoot us an email at contact at whiskeywonder.com. Let us know what, what time you would ideally like to see Eastern time, please. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll try to make that happen. Um, maybe it's something where we can alternate weeks, but we kind of want to keep it consistent and do it at the same time week in and week out. So we're brainstorming that we want to create a little community, a little club, like I said, where we can all get together and just talk whiskey and, Mm -hmm. and, and enjoy some things and share some of the cool things that we have or have gotten to try, or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we can find a way to share in person one day. Uh, I know I like, I know we have a lot of friends and family that listen and several of them are, are on West coast or mountain time. And when we get to see them, it's, it's really, you know, I, I love, I know Shelby's dad came, came out one time and I had him try 10 different whiskeys and got him really drunk. Thank God he wasn't driving. Uh, so, you know, we like to share, we like to do that. So, uh, I'll end the announcements there. The rest of it's the same old crap. Just go check out the store, whiskeyandwonder.com slash shop or store. I don't remember. You Just can go to whiskeyandwonder.com. You'll click, find it. Click the shop tab or the store tab at the top, whichever one is there. Um, the social media stuff, it's all in the show notes. Like I said, whiskeyandwonder.com, uh, patreon.com slash whiskeyandwonder if you want to join us, support us. Um, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com if you want to give us some feedback. Just reach out, talk to us, send us something for our mail time segment. We haven't haven't done that in a while because nobody's reached out to us that we can actually share on the uh, audio waves or the video waves. Um, and the only other one I would throw out there is just YouTube. Just search Whiskey and Wonder. We're working on getting that customized. YouTube.com slash Whiskey and Wonder address, but it takes subscribers and a certain amount of views and all this cool stuff that we're working towards getting there. Everybody that goes and likes and subscribes and thumbs up and all that good stuff on YouTube, that makes a huge difference as far as, as far as us being able to get that. Speaking of, I'm putting all that stuff up on the screen right now. So, and to those that do support us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you. We are, you know, we're we're flabbergasted by the amount of support we get week in yes. and week out. Um, it's amazing, wonderful. Um, thank you guys so much. There's not even words that we can yep. put. We can't even put into words how appreciative we are. So, yep. Thank you guys so much for everything you do for us, so that we can do for you. Absolutely, and like I said. Um, to those that donate, to those that support us, tell your friends, you know, whatever you do, even if it's just like, hey, I, I my friend does this cool podcast, mm-hmm. you know, that that goes a long way. But like and subscribe and rating, reviewing. Yep. It all plays a huge part and it helps us to to grow and mm-hmm. to, you know, be made visible to uh, others and the algorithms that be. Mm-hmm. So, um. Unless you've got anything else, I think it's time. We'll just go ahead and move it right along. 
open segment. All right. So uh, those of you guys who listened last week, uh, you noticed that I was not there um, for a very sad reason. Yes. Um, Friends shall be filled in for you. Very nice. I okay. have not listened. All right. I didn't want to say that without if you didn't want me to. So, yes. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, I have not listened to that episode yet, um, but I did see that uh, Friend Shelby filled in. So, thank you, Friend Shelby, uh, for doing that for me. Have a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hopefully, my topic was okay. I know it wasn't super long or anything like that, but, uh, you know. That's all right. I. I appreciate you getting on top again so I didn't just have to, <laughs> you know, fumble for words for 20 minutes and <laughs> talk about everything going on in my life. Um, anyway, uh, so this week has been a week of mourning and sadness for the most part. Um, we said goodbye Monday afternoon uh, and we were, we've been kind of a wreck ever since. Um we got her ashes back on Thursday, and that kind of reignited all the sadness. Um, but every day it's hurting a little bit less. Um, and, you know, there's occasionally, you know, something will happen that just makes it feel real again. Um, but I look forward to the day where I can think about her and all the great memories that we shared and not get choked up. Uh that time has not come yet, but hopefully it'll come sooner rather than later. Uh, that is definitely the hardest part of owning a pet is when it's time to say goodbye. But it is so worth it for all the joy and fun and adventure that they bring into our lives. So um, even though, you know, I'm heartbroken and crushed, I would do it over and over and over again a thousand times because uh, all of the good definitely outweighs that bad um well let me just interject for a minute and say that i am going to be tore up the day bo goes um i already have my my moments where i'm like my do- my dog snuggles with me at night every single night i Aww. i make him <laughs> i make him he sometimes it's by choice sometimes it's by force Um, But he snuggles with me for a little while every night. And the night that I have to come home and I don't have that, that's going to be, that's going to be real hard. And I I find myself in those moments sometimes just thinking about that. And it makes me appreciate it in the moment. And just, I might have the TV on and I might, I might be um, on my phone or something and, and he just walks up and lays down beside me, and it, it, it. I put the phone down. I stop paying attention to the TV, and I just look at my dog and have a moment in, in have a moment in the moment, enjoy that moment and that animal, giving his undying love to me. And I'm sure you got plenty of moments like that with. Oh yeah. Daenerys. So. Oh yeah, for sure. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't mean to interject. No, that. that's you, you sound like you were totally, going to go on some more. So that's totally fine. Um, I, I'm kind of like a broken record just going on and on about her. So in, uh, I guess, uh, different news, not necessarily good, but uh, the one one of the ways uh, I've been able to take 
my brain off of uh, what's been going on is got into a new video game called Vampire Survivors, which I highly recommend everyone check out. I did not think I would like this game. Um, it is an 8-bit survival game where you basically are getting chased around a room by all sorts of monsters and you just have to avoid them and stay alive as long as you can. And it, when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, this sounds stupid. I don't know why anyone likes this. And this week alone, I've put 32 hours in the game. <laughs> so, um, it's good. I like it, and I highly recommend everyone check it out. With it being 8-bit, I mean, you should be able to play it on the oldest, dinkiest computer. Uh, it is on Steam. So, yeah, check out Vampire Survivors. It is an indie developer. I'm pretty sure it's just one dude that makes it. Uh, and he definitely could use all the support because his game is something special and a whole lot of not special. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, for me personally, I know there's a lot of people out there that, that'll probably do that, but I think my video game days are behind me. I got more important. Shame, shame, shame. I got more important things I need to focus on. Mm. So that's what happens when you become an adult and have to, Face the harsh realities of life, unfortunately. Sometimes Pardon? we gotta. Huh? Pardon? Oh, I am an adult. I, yes, I know, but like. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean that that way. Just, <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, I just don't have the time. I work two jobs and, and Whiskey and Wonder is my third job. So it just, it's, I just don't have the time, unfortunately. My video games days are, are behind me, unfortunately. So, um, that's kind of a sad thought. That really? is a sad thought, and but. I also am offended. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> I am still um, an adult. You can be yeah, an adult yeah, and play no, games. I, I, yeah, I get that. I guess when the the vicissitudes of life, to quote Charlie Munger, get in the way, you know, sometimes they just smack you in the face and you don't realize that time is gone in your life. So, um. I honestly I don't have that much to share this week for um open segment. Just I haven't done anything. I had literally I've gone to work. I've come home, I've worked on the house, and I've gone to bed and I've gone to work every single day. Um I watched the race today, that was some relaxation, so that was fun. The guy I didn't like one of the guys I don't like won, so fuck him. Um <laughs> I don't understand how it's fun to watch a car drive in circles over and over. Don't get you it. You know, Shelby said the same thing until she started watching it. My dad has tried for so many years. I actually have a, uh, in the Wonder segment, a NASCAR-related thing for your dad. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> prepare yourself, Papa Bill. Um, yeah, no, we remulched my beds at my house. I got my... I got, uh, Shelby was nice enough to hook me up with a robotic lawnmower from her company. So we, it's a bear to set up, but we set that up last weekend and, uh, it's been running this week. It's been really well. I had some extra stuff I had to set up with it throughout the week. Um, but it's doing a great job cutting the grass in the backyard and so it's a, it's a Roomba, but that's a lawnmower. Yes. Yeah. 
That is amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It frees me up because I am 100% the person that hated cutting. I hate cutting the yard, but I can cut my front yard in about an hour. Um, but the, the backyard. The backyard. Back, backward. The backyard just, it took about another hour, but it's fenced in and nobody sees it. So I would let it go for three or four cuts <laughs> until I, you know, it was almost as tall as my dog. <laughs> And so, I mean, seriously, every time I'd cut it, we'd go out there and play for a little bit. And I'd be like, look, dude, you got your yard back. <laughs> um, so this hopefully will alleviate some time for me and help me to do a little more stuff, you know, with Whiskey and Wonder. Hopefully I can help get this uh, Whiskey Wednesday up and going. And that'll Wednesdays are usually my cut the grass day anyway. So that or Saturdays. Um, but yeah. Uh I have more questions about the lawnmower. I'm sorry. No, sure. Uh, okay. One, does it like avoid dog poop and stuff on the ground or? So <clears throat> it avoids large things on the ground, larger than dog poop. Okay. What does it have? Has what? What happens when it runs over dog shit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it runs over the dog shit. <laughs> Is it like a Roomba where it just fucking destroys it? No. no. I mean, it's like when you mow over dog shit. I didn't pick up dog shit. You didn't when I pick would... up when you No. Okay. Sometimes, it depends on how fresh it was. If it was <laughs> settled down and if gravity had been working on it and pushed it down <laughs> in the grass, the mower will go over the top of it. And, or if it's fresh, it might slice it and you really smell it. <laughs> if you step in it, you still step in it and smell it. I mean, oh my God. I, yeah, I don't pick up the dog shit in my backyard unless people are coming over to hang out in the backyard. <laughs> Sorry, it fertilizes the, the grass, the weeds. No, it doesn't. It's shit. It fertilizes it. It Because of the chemicals and their diet, it is not a good fertilizer. Oh, well. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people that mow their yards because we're millennials and, you know, if you own a house, you are like a millionaire. Oh. Um, no, you're not. I'm not a millionaire and I own a house. No, but you got in before 2020. You like bought. No, nah, fuck you. This house no, is probably appraising for. Oh, yeah. My house is worth a, a chunk more than when I bought it. Yeah. And I had to make some things happen to get the down payment. But <laughs> I'm also, I mean, I worked really hard for that. Like I quit. I, you know, I saved money. I went without and I took a second job. Yeah. You know, I did what I had to do. Um, I'm just getting sick. Yeah, I know. But my, I guess my frustration when I hear people say that is like, my rent was going up. Like, my rent in my apartment went up a ton Mm -hmm. in four years. Like, I think I started at 11.15 and it went up to like 16.50 a month. God. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Stupid. And it just, it, it, I don't know. I'm one of those people, like, I found a way. I'm not I'm not super smart or I don't make a ton of money. I just wanted something, you know? Yeah. So it just I don't know. It, We're trying and I'm just I know. I know I'm getting salty are. and annoyed because I know you guys are. You guys have made cuts in y'all's lives and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's frustrating. Everything happens for a reason. It will come along when the right thing comes along. Now I will say I think there's a uh coalition of um, 
powers that be, I guess, I don't, I don't want that to come across politically um, because I don't mean it that way. But there's a coalition of powers that be that I think their ultimate goal is that home ownership is maybe not snuffed out, but that at the end of the day, they control 75% of the homes in the country mm-hmm. um, so that they can, you know, rent them out and profit off of them. And I think that's fucked up. But, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I said this the other day. I was out at my grandparents um, visiting. My grandfather's still in the hospital. Um, not Nothing really new in that end. So I'm not really going to say anything else about it. But I was out visiting with my grandmother and my aunt. And it, it it's just a, our system, our capitalism, our capitalistic system is... It needs regulation. Unregulated capitalism is not the right system. It's not perfect. But the regulations that we're making are the wrong regulations. We need to be regulating in different ways. And instead, we're we're just going the wrong way, in my opinion. It's so. just a disaster. Anyway, we're not going to get off on a political yes, tangent here. But anyway, I don't know a whole lot of people that mow their yards, but everyone... I do know that most their yard that has a dog picks up the dog shit first. Other than Tyler. I'm lazy. I, <laughs> I don't have the time. So I don't. So that's why Shelby was nice enough to get me this to alleviate a little time so that I can work more on whiskey and wonder for one thing, but also spend more time with her and, you know. Does do it, it mow the back and the front yard? No, it does not. I have a gate. I have a, it's fenced in. Oh, makes sense. Um, now, you can get them to mow the front yard. It does have, like, built-in GPS and um, anti-theft devices. That is so schwanky. Yeah. I just don't know how it would handle, like, for instance, I have two yards. I, ha- I have three yards. Not to sound schwanky. <laughs> My house just has the driveway that runs up between the, the yard. Yeah, up the middle of the front yard. So I have a side yard that would connect to the back if I didn't have a fence, you know? So it, it would, I don't know how it would do getting over that driveway that since it's paved, but that's so cool. I just, I saw one of them, uh, at Lowe's or Home Depot, one of those places like in a little display in a fence and it just like, Oh yeah, man. I, I really, I really like it. I want to give a shout out to, uh, Katie as well. I'm not going to say anything else other than that. I don't. I don't even know if you listen, but thank you for that. It is wonderful. Um, I I would offer some suggestions, but I don't want to be like critical. I I haven't found a flaw with it. I'm just going to say that I had a robot vacuum at one point, and it had a um like a radar system and it would map out the boundary, which this actually comes with a boundary line that you install into the ground yourself. And it would essentially, it would go back and forth. It wouldn't just kind of bounce around like a Roomba. Mm. And so maybe that is a suggestion for a way to go with this product. If you're listening, Um, Hmm. you know, so anyway, that's about Very all I cool. got for this week. Okay. Um, so we kind of... Yeah, we got a little long there. And you, my, yeah. my topic's a smidge long. Sorry, I oh, got shit. off on a tangent there. Um, so I guess we'll move it on unless you have anything else to say. No, let's figure out this whiskey. Whiskey.
Opening the bottle. Well, I broke the top. <laughs> you did. The the tippy top came off of the cork. Oh, well, hopefully you can get it out. Yeah, I know. It's deep in there, too. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no, it wasn't. That was easy. Okay. Uh, well, this is... Um, Oops. <laughs> I just <laughs> went off the screen there. Uh, blue notes? Blue... What the fuck is this? This is blue note... Crossroads yeah. straight bourbon whiskey. Now, there we go. Blue want- Note Crossroads. The reason why I couldn't remember the name is because I am on the distilleries website, which is called BR Distilling. They're a distilling company out of Memphis, Tennessee, um, and they claim to be the oldest licensed distillery in Memphis. And that is a uh, important distinction because if I guess you missed out on your license or some point. You are no longer the oldest. My bad. Because <laughs> um, I know there are a few Memphis distilleries that are much, much older than BR. But uh, So I want to take a moment real quick just to give a quick shout out and thanks. This is from friend John5. Um, this is from Shelby's brother, John. Awesome. Thank you, John. He gave me this. Thank you, friend John. Yep. There's just, if you guys looked at the bottle... There, I don't know. There, if you're on YouTube, there was about that much left in the bottle. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Maybe a couple inches left. Yeah. Um. He last time he was in town with his family visiting. Um. He was gracious enough to leave me that much, and I, a matter of fact, I believe I had it with him when we were in town. And, um, memory serves. That's pretty good. Um. But I wanted to give a quick thank you, John, for this. I know it's been a while, but we yes. are getting to it. <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, so, Blue Note is named after world-famous Memphis blues music. Like the blues, Blue Note is bold yet smooth. It embodies Southern culture and Delta flavor. Um, it is one of their two flagship whiskeys. BR Distilling also has a River Set Rye which I'm not going to go into anymore because we are doing the Blue Note Crossroads bourbon. So, um, let's see. The Crossroads is a newer release. Um, It is a straight bourbon crafted in Memphis, um, and the BR distilling team spent two years working with Tonnerre Radu, a French wine cooperage, to determine the correct type and amount of toasted French oak staves used in the finishing process. So, quote, This unique expression combines the unmistakable boldness of blue note bourbon with the sophistication of the finest toasted French oak crafted from an artisan cooperage in Central Val de Lore. It is the unforgettable intersection of notes that embodied the inherent spirit of the blues. The sound and movement of the blues were meant to break the rules. This is Blue Note Crossroads. We mark our crossroads with the intersection of American and French oak. It carries no age statement, um, which worries me a little bit, but we'll see. Um, I found found something online that said four years. Okay. Okay. Uh, 60% corn, 36% rye, 4% malted barley, non-chill, 
filter packaged at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, and it is about $40 uh, for... Did you mention it's 100 proof? Did I? I don't know. Oh, packaged at 100 degrees. Probably means packaged at 100 proof. I bet that's also a symbol for proof. I bet. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't but, know. Uh, I'm just Maybe reading they package it when it's really hot. I don't know. So Proof would make more sense than heat. But again, what do I know? Well, some of these places try gimmicky things. Um, Truth. I'm getting... Uh, Not a whole lot. Really? I mean, I'm getting just kind of a generic whiskey, like very, very corn. Lots of corn, very corny. I get sweet and some earthy tone I can't quite put my finger on. I mean, I guess as I'm smelling, I am getting a little bit of like a vanilla sweet. Um, And I mean, it's probably the oak. That's the earthiness you're getting. Um, the French oak uh, from the winery or whatever. Um, I'm trying. I don't know if I'm getting anything other than vanilla, oak, and corn. Okay. I mean, really, the maybe I I don't know, Tyler. Yeah, I, I think I'm I don't trying really, to like force myself to find something else. Yeah, I don't get a ton out of it. Um, I get a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of earthy. That's about it. Yeah. Um. So in the year we are supposed to be smelling corn, cherry. Vanilla, dry leather, and cinnamon. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely getting the um, corn and the vanilla. Not getting any leather smell. Definitely uh, more on the oak front. And then I cannot pick cherries out. Like, even now knowing, like, cherry is supposed to be in there. Like, I'm not. I can't. I can't find it. No, I can't either. Um Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna be able to pick anything out now because I went ahead and tasted it while Megan was reading that. Um, I forgot. I thought I remembered what this was gonna taste like, and I don't at all. Um, I've had one sip. Um, there's still a lingering burn, but there's also uh, a lingering leather flavor on the back end, and that's what I'm noticing from the first sip. It is very, very cinnamony. Um, almost to where I would say it's fireball adjacent. Like I'm getting a fuck ton of cinnamon in my mouth. Um, I don't get cinnamon. I get burn, but I don't get cinnamon. I don't get the sweet associated with fireball. That's I said fireball adjacent. Okay. Have you ever just had straight like Cinnamon, no sugar mixed with it, just cinnamon? Nope. Okay. This I is, did not do the cinnamon challenge. Okay. This is like just straight cinnamon. There's no, it's not cinnamon sugar, it's just cinnamon. Okay, well. Have you ever like had a cinnamon stick? No. No? No. The only real cinnamon I've had has either been in a snickerdoodle cookie or cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> Both of which are cinnamon sugar. Swirls in the uh, cinnamon toast crunch specifically. 
Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, my palate's refined. It is very, very refined, just like your movies. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I can't believe you... You haven't ever had a cinnamon stick? When would I have had a cinnamon stick? Would you just gnaw on cinnamon sticks? Yeah. I used to do that, like, growing up and stuff all the time. You'd, like, suck on one. It was really good. Never. Not once. I literally, like, I've seen cinnamon sticks on TV, like, in commercials and shit. I had never seen a cinnamon stick in real life until uh, the last year or two. What I think you would like, or what I think you should try is get a cinnamon stick when you're out smoking a cigar, and anytime you don't have the cigar in your mouth, suck on the cinnamon stick and trade the cinnamon stick for the cigar. I think it would be a really cool flavor. Like, I think that would be really neat, really nifty. Why? Because I really like cinnamon. (laughs) All right. I think it sounds delicious. Like, I think that's a really good idea. Okay. Um, Maybe, uh, because... uh, yeah, maybe. I might be able to make that happen. If I can, I'll report back and let you guys know what I think of the cigar, the cinnamon stick cigar combo. <laughs> um, so the cinnamon is overwhelming. It's overpowering all the other flavors for me. At the end, there is a, a drier finish that kind of sits there with a little bit of the lingering spice. Um. Tyler said it was leather. I'm thinking, again, it's more woody than leather. Um, I think it's more that oak staves. Um, that's that's what I'm getting. Anyway. I, really, I really don't get anything on the front end of this. Um, very, very minimal. So. The cinnamon stick. It's cinnamon. Oh, I'll take your word for it. Um... We are supposed to be tasting cinnamon spice, nice, nutmeg, nope, roasted almonds, nope, nutmeg, vanilla, nope, honey, nope, toffee, nope, French oak, yep, tobacco, nope, leather, eh. (laughs) So, cinnamon, nutmeg, almonds, vanilla, honey, toffee, oak, tobacco, leather, of all of that, I'm getting cinnamon and oak. I guess we can argue the leather with Tyler. Woo! <laughs> um, I got something. Yeah. The finish is mildly spicy, um, featuring dry French oak, old leather, tobacco leaf, and raw honey. It went on and on and on and on. I don't think this is a super long-lasting finish compared to some of the whiskeys we've done. I think it's very long. Really? Yeah. I just had to... I haven't had a sip in like two minutes, and I just had to take a drink of water to get it out of the back of my throat. Hmm. Very long. Interesting. I don't get that. Well, I reckon... uh, Sorry, that's my redneck coming out. Shelby, uh, apparently I say, do what a lot, and Shelby... (laughs) Uh, has pointed it out every time I've said it this weekend, and yeah, she's made me self-conscious about some of the redneck shit I say. So, and apparently, I put an emphasis on the H, like Hank Hill, but well, only <laughs> only when I say "do what." <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Amazing. Anyway, we're I, gonna we're gonna move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
It's time for the wonder segment. All right. So it's my day today, and I ended up going a little bit longer than I usually do. So Making up for my short-ass episode last week. That's right. Well, our episode's going to be long anyway, because I think we're running a little behind. Yeah, we're pushing 40 and a half minutes. Oh, fuck. All right. <clears throat> so originally, when I started today's topic, I knew, I knew what I wanted to talk about. It was something that required me to lay some historical context out before I actually got to the topic. And so I started typing out my intro, and I dove into the research. Oh, excuse me. And boy, did I land in the deep end. Uh, so much so that I had an entire wonder segment before I had even got to my topic. Oh, fuck. So this is going to be at least a two-parter, if not a three-parter. The next part will come in two weeks. And in these episodes, we're going back to the Cold War, and we're going to learn about Cuba's involvement in two major events that happened. Today, we're going to start with the Bay of Pigs invasion, and in two weeks, we'll dive into the Cuban Missile Crisis and potentially a little bit into Operation Mongoose. Ooh. So originally, it was going to be the Cuban Missile Crisis, but... <laughs> you fell down up, that rabbit hole. Ended up going down the rabbit hole. Yes, I did. So We're going to set the stage by talking a little bit about the Cold War and how the U.S. and Soviet Union almost got to the point of nuclear annihilation. Some of this might be a little bit... Uh, little. Oh, wait, hold on. You, you missed your job, Megan. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed mine, and you missed yours, too. Uh, you'll get that if you're on YouTube. Um, some of this may be a little bit of a review from other episodes, but I'm going to try to keep it quick. Um, so if you want some more info on how Russia became a communist country, go check out episode 66. Execute episode 66. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Where we are. Uh, <laughs> where we discussed Russia's history and uh, Vladimir Putin's rise to power. Um, as for the U.S. and how it became capitalist, uh, that's a topic for another day. I figure most of us that listen are in America and probably have some kind of inkling of American history. I do know we have foreign listeners, though, so I apologize for not diving in, but we're so so deep into it already. That's for another day. Um. The Cold War, which could also be its own episode, was a period of non-combative tension between the U.S. and the Soviet Union over ideology and philosophy. Despite there being very little combat between the Soviet and the U.S. directly, there were multiple encounters through quote-unquote proxy wars and regional conflicts. Both countries each thought their method of government was superior to the others and tried to spread that form of government to other smaller countries through covert operations and supporting or supporting slash resisting revolutions. Basically, what all this means is that the U.S. tried to spread capitalism and stop communism, uh, and the Soviets tried to do the exact opposite. But wait, at the end of World War II, both Russia and the U.S. were on the same side. Hmm. So how did things deteriorate so quickly? Well, I'm glad you asked, Megan. <laughs> oh, you're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done I should have done a voice. Um after the Nazis surrendered in 1945, the Soviet Union began installing puppet governments throughout Eastern Europe in the countries that they had uh they did liberate them. I don't want to put that in quotations. Um so in the countries they had liberated, 
uh, as their army marched towards the Nazis in Berlin. The new leaders of these countries were people who would follow Soviet orders and run the newly implemented communist government without too many questions. In 1947, the U.S., under the Marshall Plan, began providing aid for Western Europe to those who were aligned with the U.S.'s philosophy. And they were trying, basically they were trying to help prevent the spread of communism into Western Europe. Um, by this point, the two sides were dug in. The Cold War uh, was at its peak between 1948 and 1953 when the U.S. and its allies in Europe formed the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO. You might have heard it in the news recently. The USSR successfully exploded its first nuclear bomb and the Chinese government converted to communism. As I mentioned earlier, no direct conflicts ever really took place, but the Korean War and the Vietnam War were both proxy wars fought in an attempt to spread slash stop the spread of communism. This directly led to the creation of communist North Korea and democratic South Korea. Again, as we mentioned in episode 66, Joseph Stalin, leader of the USSR since World War II, died in 1953, and this eased the tension for a short period. However, between 19, 1958 and 1962, the tensions started ramping up again. By 1962, both Soviets, both the Soviets and the Americans were attempting to create an intercontinental ballistic missile, but... Both sides actually did have medium-range nuclear missiles that could strike up to 1,500 miles away. But before we dive too far into this nuclear crisis, let's talk about Cuba and the failed invasion that helped push its leader, Fidel Castro, into the arms of the Soviets. Or maybe it pushed the arms of the Soviets onto Castro's island. You see what I did there? Yeah, very, very clever. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't have it teed up. Uh, Cuba was originally part of the Spanish colonial empire until Cuban nationalists rebelled against the Spanish in three separate wars between 1868 and 1898. This was the Ten Years' War, the Little War, and the Cuban War of Independence. In 19... Uh, yeah, sorry, in 1898... The U.S. declared war on Spain, and the Spanish-American War was underway. Here's a little side note. Uh, this is another topic worth doing, because I originally thought this was the war where the U.S. got Texas. But I quickly realized that, wait, that was the Mexican-American War. And so that made me realize that I basically zoned out in high school when we talked about the uh, Spanish-American War, because I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> Anyway, back to the topic. I did look it up so that I at least know what happened and who was who was uh, we were fighting. Uh, the U.S. Uh, other than the Spanish, I know we were fighting the Spanish okay. from the title, <laughs> but like, you know yeah. what? Where were we fighting, and what were we fighting over? Um, the U.S. was able to drive the Spanish out of the Caribbean during this war, and a new independent government, the Republic of Cuba was created under U.S. military governor Leonard Wood. No, not the NASCAR Leonard Wood Papa Bill. Okay. I was wondering <laughs> where NASCAR would come in. That was okay. where he went when he was here. He went up to the Wood Brothers. Yep. Leonard Wood is one of the Wood Brothers. Okay. Um, not that Leonard Wood. Um, Wood would shortly hand off the new government to 
Tomas Estrada Palma, a Cuban-born U.S. citizen. Because of the U.S.'s large involvement in Cuba, many U.S. businessmen swooped in and began purchasing the majority of properties, eventually owning over 60% of all rural properties. It's happened before. Just saying. (laughs) In March of 1952, Fulgencio Batista a Cuban general and political figure seized power and proclaimed himself president and called his new system a, quote, disciplined democracy, end quote. However, most Cuban citizens viewed it as a dictatorship. The citizens of Cuba despised this new government, and many took up arms against it, sparking the Cuban Revolution. Uh, So a lot of different resistance groups sprang up out of this, and one of them was known as the 26th of July Movement, or MR-267, led by Fidel Castro. And I don't have this in my notes, but I remember reading it, and I thought it was a pretty brilliant way of uh, running his little or his little resistance group, um, but that Castro essentially broke it up into teams of 10 each, and nobody knew who was on any other team. Basically, you had your team of 10, and that was it. You didn't know anybody else on your... I guess you had a leader that reported to Castro. Um, But that was kind of smart. Yeah, but also, you know, friendly fire. But I guess it kind of didn't matter, too. Um, During the late 1950s, Castro led a guerrilla army against Batista's forces and ultimately whipped his ass. At the end of 1958... Batista's army was in full retreat, and on December 31st, 1958, Batista resigned as president and fled into exile with over 300 million U.S. dollars. Oh, so he was fine. Yeah. Castro appointed uh, lawyer Manuel Urita Yeo as president. However, within two months, he declared himself prime minister of Cuba, and he proclaimed that the new administration was, quote, a direct democracy, end quote, where the citizens of Cuba could assemble in mass and express their democratic will to him directly. Nobody was fooled by this poor attempt to disguise a dictatorship as a democracy. Because of this, Castro also faced guerrilla revolutionaries attempting to overthrow his new regime. Castro in the U.S. didn't see eye to eye, and this began when Castro ordered all of Cuba's oil refineries to process crude that was purchased from the USSR. But problem is, the refineries were all either owned by Shell, Esso, or Standard Oil, all of which are U.S. companies. If you want some more information on Standard Oil and its impact on U.S. oil and the other companies, check out episode 11, where we did Standard Oil. Uh, Naturally, since the U.S. was in the midst of the Cold War, U.S. companies, under pressure from the government, refused. Uh, Castro was not happy, and he responded by ex... Oh, this word. Exproprietating, I think is how you say it. Um, Basically, he uh, took the refineries and brought them under uh, state control. He said, I'm taking your shit. The U.S. immediately canceled its import of sugar from Cuba to which Cuba responded by nationalizing basically all U.S.-owned assets. The U.S. responded by prohibiting exports to Cuba, putting an economic embargo on Cuba. 
The only goods that were allowed to be exported there were certain food items and medicines. Castro despised the U.S. for its, uh, quote, misdeeds against Cuba over the past, over the previous 60 years, end quote. Because of this, Castro began turning towards the U.S. rival, the Soviet Union. At the meeting of the Organization of American States in 1960, which from what I can tell is basically like when all the territories would get together and have a meeting with the high-ups of the U.S., uh, U.S. Secretary of State Christian Herder publicly stated that Castro's administration was, quote, following faithfully the Bolshevik pattern, end quote. Castro would end up legalizing communism in 1960, which resulted in the U.S. taking action. In early 1960, President Eisenhower directed the CIA to begin preparing to overthrow Castro's government. Planning began under uh, Eisenhower, but after the 1960 election, it transitioned to JFK's administration. The operation uh, was to be completed by a CIA-trained and funded CIA trained and funded force of exiled Cuban counter-revolutionaries, um, most of them recruited in Florida. The plan was broken into three stages. First, the Cuban, Cuban revolutionary pilots would pose as members of Castro's Air Force who would appear to become disgruntled, take their aircrafts, and attack their own bases, then defect to the U.S. two days prior to the invasion. The second phase was to have pilots drop bombs on Castro's remaining planes the morning before the attack. The third and final stage was a land and air invasion. Some of the revolutionaries were to invade the beaches of Trinidad. Oh, excuse me. That one snuck up on me. Trinidad? Trinidad. It's a city. It's not the island or country. Okay, so is it Trinidad? Trinidad. T-R-I-N-I-D-A-D. Trinidad. Trinidad. Okay. What did I say? Trinidad. Trinidad. Well, in Spanish, I is pronounced E. Okay. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I anyway. think it's Trinidad, but anyway, go Okay, on. whatever. Um, some of the revolutionaries were to invade the beaches of Trinidad while others parachuted deeper into the country. Planes were meant to cover the beach invasion. Um, Trinidad was... Trinidad, Trinidad, uh, whatever however you say it, was chosen because it was an anti-Castro town filled with the revolutionary groups that were already established. The beachhead was easily defendable, and there was a fairly easy uh, escape into the mountains should things go wrong. It seems pretty straightforward, but as the invasion grew closer, President Kennedy, I almost said Kenny, <laughs> President Kenny, <laughs> All I can think of is the South Park character. Uh, President Kennedy. You killed Kenny. You bastards. That's fucked up because yep. what happened to Kennedy? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. Yeah, well, <laughs> Here we are. Um, seems pretty straightforward, but as the invasion grew closer, President Kennedy became concerned that the operation would be exposed and he desperately wanted to keep the appearance that the U.S. was not involved A month before the invasion, JFK decided that changing the invasion site from Trinidad would allow the U.S. to deny any involvement in the future better. So he told the CIA uh, to come up with a new location within four days. The resulting location was the Bay of Pigs. 
This change created, created, created a host of problems. Firstly, the bay was uh, significantly more remote, and if you're trying to start up a civilian rebellion, you need civilians. This area was also surrounded by Cuba's largest swamp, which prevented Cuban revolutionaries outside the area from joining the invasion. Secondly, the Bay of Pigs was one of Castro's favorite fishing spots, and he regularly vacationed there. Because of this, he knew the area like the back of his hand, and he had invested in the local economy and won the support of the locals. Thirdly, the mountains. You know, if you remember, that was the escape plan. Go hide out in the mountains and then get picked up. The mountains were now 50 miles away through enemy territory. (laughs) Real smart there. Uh Uh-oh. Not good. Not good. So phase one kicked off, and it was estimated that about 80% of Castro's air force was destroyed, which left him six aircraft in total. So he had a whopping 30 planes to begin with. Anyway... One pilot broke away from the group, as was planned, and he radioed to Miami International Airport that he and two colleagues were defecting from Cuba and had attacked their own air bases before coming to the U.S., but that he had received damage and was having engine trouble and needed to make an emergency landing because anybody that defected and bombed their their own air base was probably going to have some damage. So that was part of his cover story. His plane had dirt rubbed on the markings so that it would look weathered and Uh, shot so that it had bullet holes and even contained a fake flight log and other typical military aircraft equipment. Uh, When he landed, the pilot was quickly taken into custody and gave his cover story to investigators. All this looked convincing to the U.S. and the world, except for Castro. Immediately, Castro began accusing the U.S. of this attack and not rebels. I think this is the best time to insert this little nugget that I came across while researching. A couple articles stated that many of the CIA operatives who originally were training the rebels believed that there were Castro's spies among the rebels that they were training. So that might explain how he had a little bit of a inkling the U.S. was involved. I have a fun little nugget to throw in as well as you take a drink. So I was curious um, how much an aircraft carrier um, ship would hold, how many planes... On average, an aircraft carrier carries 64 different planes, and the U.S. has 11 aircraft carriers currently. Modern day? Modern day, yeah. Yeah. So 704 planes just on an aircraft carrier compared to Cuba's 30. This is also... the 80s or... uh, The 50s. 50s. (laughs) 1960s, so probably didn't have quite as many, but... But still, 30 is not... Then again, I mean, this was after World War II, so we built a lot during World War II because we, you know, kind of had to island hop. (laughs) Yeah. So we needed them. Not too many places to land your plane, which might explain why we have so many more than the rest of the world. Um... Immediately, Castro began accusing the U.S. of this attack and not the rebels. Um, CIA thought there were spies among the people they were training. Uh, So back to Castro's response, he quickly concluded that something larger was coming, and he began rounding up known rebels in Cuba, herding them into stadiums, theaters, and military bases in order to prevent them from joining or starting any sort of uprising. Despite what you might think, dude was, he was smart. 
Castro then had his foreign minister call an emergency session of the United Nations Political and Security Commissions in New York, where the U.S. ambassador, Adlai Stevenson, insisted that the U.S. had no involvement in the attack, going so far as to show pictures of the defector's plane who had made the quote-unquote emergency landing in Miami. It was discovered by closely examining the photos that the defector's plane had a metal nose, while Cuba's planes had plastic noses. The cover was now blown, and Stevenson, who had no idea about the CIA's operation, was furious when he found out about it later. (laughs) Yeah. Made him look like an ass. Here he is defending vehemently that the U.S. had nothing to do with it when in actuality we did. Because of the cover story unraveling and Kennedy's desire to keep the appearance that the U.S. wasn't involved any further, he canceled the airstrikes that were scheduled for phase two. So that morning's airstrikes, off the nap. We're good. We're going to leave those six planes alone. (laughs) The cancellation came as the pilots were in their planes on the runway in position waiting to take off. That's how late that order came. Despite canceling the bombing aspect, uh, the air support for the invasion was not canceled, only scaled back to eight planes. That's two more than they got. We should be good, right? Well, that wasn't enough to provide constant air support for the ground forces. Morning of the invasion, Cuba's armed forces were ready and waiting. The ground assault had encountered difficult tides and coral reefs, making it difficult for them to even reach the shore. During all this, many of the rebels lost their weapons and their equipment. Now, do you remember way back earlier when JFK canceled the phase two, that, you know, the morning bombings? Well, you combine that with scaling back the number of ground support planes, and that allowed Castro's Air Force to wreak havoc on the ground assault. Castro's first priority was to sink the ships that had invaded Cuban waters, and he succeeded in sinking the USS Rio Escondido when one of his planes hit the ship, which was loaded with aviation fuel. The USS, it exploded and sank. The USS Houston was also damaged by several rockets, which forced the captain to intentionally beach the vessel. Now, if you remember way, way back to the beginning, I said there were going to be some paratroopers that jumped in behind enemy lines. What about those guys, right? Uh, Well, about half of them just flat out missed their mark and dropped most of their equipment in the swamp where it sank. (laughs) The other half actually did hit their mark. Good job, guys. You're you're, uh, competent. (laughs) The other half actually did hit their mark and were able to hold their positions for two days and with some help from air support, successfully destroyed some tanks and other armored vehicles, which halted a Cuban advance. The fighting continued into the next day when Kennedy decided to launch six unmarked fighter jets from the aircraft carrier, the USS Essex. These jets were limited in what they could do and how long they could do it. They were allowed one hour in the air, and basically were only allowed to protect rebel planes in the air uh, and to defend themselves. Just, they, couldn't in, they couldn't start an engagement with the ground at all, and they couldn't start an engagement with an enemy pilot. They had to finish it, basically. Um, 
Despite authorizing their use, there was a miscommunication and the rebel planes arrived over the USS Essex an hour before they were expected to. And even though the jets were ready to launch, uh, I'm sorry, they arrived an hour before they were expected to and the jets were ready to launch. But the ship was further out to sea than it should have been because they got there an hour soon. So the jets immediately launched, but by the time they were able to reach the invasion area, their one-hour time limit had run out and they were forced to turn back. So they just wasted some gas. The rebels pleaded and begged for more air and naval support, but were denied by Kennedy. Multiple CIA contract pilots would drop munitions and supplies for the rebels throughout this, uh, and four of them would be shot down and die. Um, I did find their names, but I'm not going to include them here because I don't feel it's any... They should get any more importance than the rebels that we seem to, you know, train for their capture. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I guess maybe because they didn't, the rebel, most of the rebels didn't die. Um, but I'm sure many of them did. So interestingly, uh, the cause of that timing discrepancy that caused the planes to arrive an hour early, uh, it's never been revealed what happened there. So that could have been one of Castro's spies or something with no air or naval support and being outnumbered and outgunned. Many of the rebels surrendered or retreated back to the sea where two U S destroyers attempted to evacuate them, but due to fire from Cuban forces were unable to reach them. When the Bay of pigs invasion was done, uh, over 75% of the rebels had ended up in Cuban prisons. Obviously, this didn't paint us in a good light with Fidel Castro. So. Since we've touched on the Bay of Pigs and we've kind of set up the history for the Cuban Missile Crisis, we've, we've teed up the golf ball, as it were. We're going we're gonna to leave it there and we'll pick it up in two weeks and we'll actually talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis now that we have why Cuba is communism and hates us. And they're willing to work I, with the Soviet Union. I mean, I can't blame them. That was some... Yeah. I mean... It, it, it's some shady shit, but mm. I... I look at it this way. We have people doing shady shit because every other country has people doing shady shit. And I'd rather our people do shady shit and protect us than let them do shady shit to us. Why can't we all just be friends? Because we're humans. I hate it. That's why aliens won't talk to us. We kill each other. Why would why would aliens talk to us? Um what do we have to give aliens? Nothing, but they could give us technology and you know shit, but you know, whatever. Why would they want to? Well, no, they wouldn't because we're all a bunch of assholes. Mm, yeah, I guess I guess that's the human condition because I would 100% like I don't know. If I had something very valuable that my neighbor didn't have, I wouldn't go give it to my neighbor. You wouldn't share? No. Uh, no. God, no. <laughs> I mean, there. yes, there are certain things I would share, but it depends. Like, if I have a valuable whiskey, I, I take and share my whiskey, you know, every week. But I, I don't. There are things I don't share. I don't want to say exactly what I'm 
the example that comes to mind on the podcast, but <laughs> I'm sure you can figure it out. I really can't. What are my hobbies? Oh, okay. I'm not going to share that with my neighbors. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. I get it. So, you know, stuff like that. So, I understand where aliens are coming from. But I also don't think aliens exist in the way that most people do. I think it's very... Uh, well, frankly, I don't really know. I think life we're going to find is going to be more single-celled organism type life. I have tons of alien topics on my list of topics to do. Like, yeah? Yeah. Some crazy, radical, stupid conspiracy, and then some going to actual like scientific theories and stuff. So, yeah. Well, I'd be interested in the scientific ones. <laughs> um, I actually do have something to say about that off off air, though. Okay. Uh, Topic wise. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the Bay of Pigs. I mean, I'm pretty excited for the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, I honestly, I. Didn't know what I was going to do, and it kind of came to me last night, and then I, like I said at the beginning, I dove into this and was like, I should figure out why this happened. And I was like, oh, well, this happened because of this, this, and this, but I don't know about this, this, or this, so I guess I got to learn. So that's why we're here. Learning is the best. Learning is fun. It is. Look at the learning. All right. Um, On that note, guys, we're going to move it on. Trivia with Tyler. What is your Tyler Tyler nugget for me this week? Um well, <clears throat> this is a uh, one that I agree with wholeheartedly. Okay. This is just my personality to a T, guys. In China, in 209 BC, two generals were going to be late, which was punishable by death. They realized that the punishment for uh, rebellion was the same as the one for being late, so they decided to rebel and create an uprising because they were going to die anyway. Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you're going to fuck it up, fuck it up big. Hey, words to live by, I guess. <laughs> oh, life advice from me. Don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that could be a uh, segment of its own. Bad life <laughs> advice from Tyler. All right. Uh, uh, amazing. We'll, uh, we'll move on if I can find my button here. Final thoughts. I really think my my initial comment of how this is fireball adjacent fits. That is like the way I feel this whiskey has been the entire time you've been uh, presenting as I've sipped. Like I, it's not fireball. It's not quite so sweet. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not fireball, but the cinnamon is so strong. That it's like, it's Fireball's cousin. Like their first cousin. They're close. Yeah. They grew up together. 
I, I've had Fireball and it's super sweet. I, I'm not getting anything familiar. Okay, take the sweetness this. out of Fireball. Imagine it not sweet. What does it taste like? Big Red. This. Tastes like Big Red. Big Red still is sweet. I'm having trouble separating sweetness from cinnamon. Um, maybe, maybe I can kind of see like it's lingering on my tongue a little bit and it's got a little flavor of Big Red, so I can see where you're coming from. Um, but that's not what's overwhelming for me. Okay. Um, I did throw a couple drops of water in here just Same. now. I haven't tried it yet, so we're going to dive on in. I took a sip with a couple drops of water, and it it was a while ago, so I forgot what it tasted like. So I'm going to let Tyler try it with the water before I give it a shot with water again. Um, whoa. I don't, oh, whoa, he says. Ooh, that one... Um, yeah, that that changed drastically. It it. I was gonna say it muted everything, but then it until the end really brought out the end. Whoa! Very leathery, very earthy. Whoa! Really brought that flavor out at the end. Maybe it's the oaky, like we were talking about. I called it leather. Definitely. So it, adding, it took it from like a three and a half four that like leather flavor, and it took the dial up to 10 and it took everything else and turned it down to basically down. zero. Yeah. So one. Wow. The, in, yeah, definitely 100% with the water, the initial, like the initial flavor, the middle flavor, it's kind of gone. It just, it's just liquid on your tongue. But then that end punches you in the throat. Um, wow. Uh, definitely a different tasting experience. Um, I don't know if I, Oh man, uh, it's coming out my nose. Oh, like the rev- like the reverse burn your nose hairs. It's yeah, woof. That's that's in. I'm not, and I, I say woof, and I'm. It's not that it's bad. It's just intense. It's very intense. Yeah, uh, you said it goes from a three to a ten, and that end, and that's yeah, one hundred percent. Like, well, well, I would. Uh, Personally, not put water in this. I liked it better without the water. I agree, but I don't. I don't, I don't dislike it. it. It's just too intense. But it's definitely like I'd have to be in the right mood for it. Yep. Um. um so what you thinking on this? Um, I'm thinking I wish I had a little bit more to shoot, so I could shoot it with water. Um. Top you off? Yeah, just a little, little tiny smidge. Just a smidge, my friend. Little smidge. Doop, doop, doop. Yeah. That was half a smidge. Okay. There you go. Nice, yeah. That's not quite a shot, but it's enough to get that experience. So I'm going to get some water on my fingers and add some water. And we're going to switch. I think you keep hearing this table echoing if I set this down. Yeah, yeah, your microphone is echoing. Oh, is your mic mine? stand, yeah. Well, mine's not connected to that table. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Wow, we've been doing this for seventy-four episodes, seventy-six episodes. Yep. And I have just now realized that this is not an L-shaped table. It is two tables <laughs> you put together. <laughs> I mean, it like 
Your table's wow. white and yeah. this is wood. Yeah. And I have never That's ever bad. realized that this is a separate table from yeah. your table. It sure is. Wow. Never, ever, ever made that connection. Two totally different tables. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so while Megan's having life-changing revelations over there, or realizations. <clears throat> All right. Megan hit, the, Megan hit the shooter button. It was quite good. Yeah? I, I would... Fuck. All right. Now I got to do it. Sorry. It was real good. Um, it made shooting it um, a super... The only word I can think of is pleasurable, but that sounds wrong. <laughs> um, enjoyable. Enjoyable, yeah. Shooting it is super enjoyable with water added. Um, a lot of times when you shoot something, you know, you kind of get overwhelmed with it on your tongue. Um, but I was able to shoot this and throw it back super, super easy, super smooth. I think you're shooting and things wrong because it doesn't touch my tongue hardly at all if I shoot it. I literally, it goes like in the back of the throat. You don't let it hit your tongue at all when you shoot stuff? You just knock it in your throat? Yeah, it's a shot. I mean, that's how I've always taken shots. Is you, I mean, you drink it real fast, but it still goes on your tongue. No, I like try to get it over the tongue. Can you email us at contact and whiskey and wonder and tell us the proper way to take a shot? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's Google. How to take a shot. Because what if you get one of those really fancy shots that like have multiple flavors and shit, and they're supposed to taste like buttercream sandwich with cherries or whatever. Shots for beginners. How to take a shot without tasting it. I want to taste my shots. I think you want to sip. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you want to taste. I don't know. You do it how well. Whatever is right for you. Let's see. Taking the shot. Tilt your head back. Tilt your head. Uh, continue tilting your head. Shot glass should be upside down when you're finished taking the shot. Be careful not to tilt your head. Make sure you're Sorry, I know you guys love hearing yep. me read. Um, like I, that's how I take, I like, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't sit on your tongue. Like it goes fast, but I don't try to like avoid my tongue. I don't try to like just throw it in my throat. Uh, shots are not meant to be sipped. Holding the liquor in your mouth will make it more difficult for you to swallow the shot mm -hmm. or activate your gag reflex. You will also taste the liquor much more if you do not swallow it immediately. Prolonging the shot can also go, cause the gun on the wrong pipe. Keep it drawn your throat with ax as you swallow. Yeah. I, um, I'm very... I, I want you guys to please take five minutes to email us and tell us how you take a shot. Do you try to avoid your tongue? Or do you let it hit your tongue? Yeah. Tell us. Like, literally, please. Please. That literally all you say is just how you take a shot. We won't, we won't read it on the air. We won't do anything. But we'll... I want to know. I want to know if I'm right or Tyler's right. Because I feel like Tyler's missing a whole shot experience. Oh, if I want it to touch my tongue, I'll just sip it. But there are so many, like, um, fancy-ass shots that are, like, multiple layers that you, like, 
that creates a whole flavor on its own. Like what? Give me an example. Um, I c- there's one that uh, tastes like a cinnamon roll. Don't um, love it. Let me hold no on. No interest. Uh, fancy. I, have, I, I I like whiskey. I don't want to pay for a big shot. I want to pay for a bottle of whiskey. A big shot. Uh, an expensive <laughs> shot. All right. I'm going to shoot this and see what the hell it's all about. It was very muted. Probably because, you know, I threw it in the back of my throat and swallowed it. I, so, like, one of, okay, this is a very great one. Very sweet. It's like a vanilla It was very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed shooting it, but I feel like you're wrong. Maybe I am. I don't know. That's just the way I've always done it. Um, so like one of one of uh, the shots I'm rating is a really really good shot, and I've had this before many a times. It's called a B52 shot, um, and it is Kahlua, Bailey's. Let me stop you right there. That's <clears throat> too many ingredients. <laughs> what? What do you mean it's too many ingredients? I want whiskey. No, when you do a shooter, like it's, you layer multiple things together. I'm going to pass on that. Not a fan. I've I've had Kahlua once. What was the other one? Bailey's? I've had Bailey's Kahlua, once. Bailey's and Grand Marinier as the other I thing. I don't know what and that you, is. You layer them all together and you take it back and it's delicious. Or this 4th of July shooter, which is um, grenadine, blue curacao, and vodka. I'll pass. Okay. Uh, let me let me say it this way, guys. Uh, and I'm not... Drink whatever you like. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, that asshole. But I have in my whiskey cabinet a bottle of basically every type of whiskey. I have vodka, rum, uh, vermouth, all sorts of shit. I wanted... At one point, I wanted to be able to make any drink that anybody requested. Um and I started buying stuff for that. I, I, excuse me, I got sidetracked along the way and ended up with a cabinet full of whiskeys. <laughs> um, I have not touched any alcohol in that cabinet. All of those bottles are at the level they were at last time I served somebody from them or they're unopened. I only drink the whiskey out of there. It's just that's what I enjoy. I don't want to do shots that taste like cinnamon rolls. I don't want to do mixed drinks, typically. I, occasionally, I'll do like a whiskey sour. I used to be big in the Long Island iced tea game. Um, nah. I, I, I'll pass on those now. I found what I really like. Okay. And I that's mean, Eagle Rare. <laughs> <laughs> um. Shout out to John. Uh, other John, John Johnny T, we'll call him. <laughs> I just interesting. So you've never had any of those fancy shots, Not like Claire. Please email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder dot com and help me, help me, help you what? Help me make sense of life now. Am I wrong? No, I I think a, in something like it's still you still that, take it as a shot. Like you, yes, that is a. I just splash water on my glasses. That is a. Oh, God, I'm trying hard not to be Ron Swanson. 
Um, <laughs> Go ahead, say it. That say is it. a frou-frou drink. <laughs> that is a drink that you're meant to like. That's for the people that don't like the taste of whiskey, that don't like the taste of any alcohol straight. Like, I need some flavor. Like, okay, obviously. Like, uh, all right, I'm gonna pick. On, I'm gonna pick on my buddy Malfrey <laughs> because I don't think he listens, and I love the dude to death. Hi, Malfrey. I hope he, you listen. He beat him up. Malfrey's at, a marine. Yeah, he is. He <laughs> whip my ass all day long, and he might for this. But the guy likes his beer. Loves his beer. Loves alcohol. I have tried multiple times to get him tasting whiskey, and he drinks whiskey from time to time, but he drinks it for its effect, not for its taste. And, you know, that's just, that's for some people. He just, whiskey, it all tastes like whiskey to him. It tastes like liquor, and that, that, that's okay. That's just who he is. He's still my pal. He's one of my best friends. Congratulations to him and his girlfriend Elizabeth. They just got They're engaged. now fiancés. Yes, they are. They just uh not girlfriend. I'm fiance. sorry, fiance. His congratulations. His new, friend yes. Elizabeth and friend Melfrey. We love you guys. Yes, round of applause. Uh, they're in they're traveling and, and he proposed. So congratulations. Amazing. Guys. Um But yeah, like I know he is that's who he is, and he is somebody that that shot would be ideal for. He gets good tasting alcohol and I'm just not somebody that that's not what I go for. Okay. And I get what you're saying, but I am a both person. Like obviously I do this, I do this podcast where literally we drink whiskey straight. I enjoy drinking whiskey straight. I can pull out the different flavors. I like different types of whiskey. Like I enjoy being the whiskey person who just has a whiskey with no mixers but occasionally I want, I want to. Here's the difference. Let me stop you right there. I don't like change. I know what I like and I like my comfort zone. I'm going to stay with whiskey and I don't need to go pay $20 for them to mix three, three shitty alcohols together. (laughs) (laughs) When I have. You take that back, sir. A cabinet full of whiskeys. Kahlua and Bailey's are my go-to other than whiskey. Not impressed. Take it back. Not impressed. I will fight you. I will turn you off of both of those. No, yes, no I way. Will. No way. Impossible. Shelby, I'm calling you out. You got what I need. Bring it. Okay. So we went to a long story short. We're getting a little off topic and long here, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, we went to a wine tasting a couple months ago and they had this. It was like a Kahlua type liqueur that was butterscotch and vanilla and creamy everybody thought it was great it, it was it was good but it's not what i want alcohol like that it it reminded me of a word there's candy um but shelby bought two bottles of it she loved it um so she said it's better than the other two i don't know if that's going to be possible like kalua and bailey's mm. it just ain't for me i love it i mean obviously i if i had if i was like on a desert island, and I can only have one liquor, I'm going to take whiskey. But if I can have all the liquor, Kahlua and Bailey's are right there with the whiskey in my cabin. cabin. All right, let me ask this. Do you just drink it straight? No, I make white Russians. What the hell I make, is a white I, Russian? That's uh, what the dude drinks. 
This is what the dude drinks. Sorry, I watched that on a plane on the way back from uh That Hawaii. is what the dude drinks, yes. Um, I'll drink white Russians. I'll drink Irish coffees. What, what, are, what are these mixed with? So white Russian is um, cream or milk, um, yeah, Kahlua, and um, vodka. Yeah, that, all right. That's what I thought. You you get into the mixed drink realm there, and I'm just um, you're just not a mixed drink guy. Nah, every once in a while like I'll do I like can... a whiskey sour or a. Uh, honestly, I don't think I've ever had an old fashioned. So I feel like I can be both. I can be a whiskey person ninety eight percent of the time, but two percent of the time I want a mixed drink. Yeah, I, I get that. It just ain't me. Okay. I'm uh, whiskey or beer. Just okay. Right on. Uh, my mixed drink is water or no or neat. <laughs> my mixed drink is whiskey and water, and my <laughs> my regular drink is just neat whiskey. Okay. Interesting. More ways we are different. Yep. Amazing. Uh, well, I also, again, you, you change your change. hair every three months, and I don't leave my comfort zone. So True. Speaking of which, I'm ready to get my hair done again. Like, I'm... You should do it bubblegum pink. See what I did there? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's make that happen. We're only 117 listens away. And we're really close. And I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to listen to this episode. So I'm going to suffer <laughs> with you guys you through are. this. Um, anyway. I, I got to catch up. I haven't listened to any episodes in quite a while. So I haven't listened to any episodes in like 50 episodes. I need to listen to last week's because I wasn't here for it. I've got to catch up. So we can, I probably got 100. Well, I got. We don't have a hundred episodes. I got fifty episodes of seventy-four to listen to. I mean, I also have fifty episodes of seventy-four to listen to. So, oh. if we both listen, <laughs> you know what I just realized? What? God, I hope you guys are still hanging with us. We haven't given a number yet. Oops. We got out on our tangent about uh, <laughs> about <laughs> about different ways of drinking shots and. Wow. All right, so give me a number. Okay. Let's wrap it up because um, we're we're getting on to an hour and a half. Oh shit. Okay, I really like the Blue Note Crossroads. It is fireball adjacent. I'm gonna give this a seven and a half. It was good. I'd buy it again. Uh, definitely for the forty dollar price point. It's supposed to be yum. Good. Take it. Um, if you're a long time listener, you know Megan and I have been in lockstep for about the last. 10? Yeah, Eight, seven, ten? seven to ten weeks or so, not counting last week, obviously. Um, we've been pretty within within a half a point or a point every week, um, and that's going to come to an end this week. Oof. Uh, I'm going, it's not bad. It's not as good as I remember it. Like I said, I expect, I, I remembered a different flavor profile, so I got it mixed up with something. Um, I'm, I'm just, it's pretty average for me. I'm going straight five. Wow. All right. We have finally broken our togetherness. Yes, we have. <laughs> so uh I guess we'll uh we'll see. Tune what in comes. next week yeah. to see if uh tune in next week if we get back on the same page or if we stay split. Stay split, yep. Yeah. So um I guess the last uh last couple things to talk about is uh shoot us emails. Tell us how bad we were for getting off topic today. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen Tyler in a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. True. And it's been I a long. I miss my cat. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, long couple weeks. Um, between my family health issues and her and oh. her her family losing the cat, so it's been a nightmare. Um, but it anyway. Yeah. Ready for sunnier days. <laughs> well, yeah, summer's here almost, so it feels like it. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, send us some emails. Let us know what you think. Tell us how you do your shots. I'm probably wrong on that, but oh, it's not the first time. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. All we got today. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you for hanging in with us this long. If you're still here, we look forward to seeing you next week. Um, definitely. If you are curious more about uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all the Cold War jazz, uh, join us in two weeks uh, for Tyler's second part of this series. Yes. Um, um, if you want to vote whether or not the old Blue Note Crossroads makes it into the makes it in the into the Bourbon Infinity bottle. Um, you know, sign up on Patreon, two dollars a month. Not that, not that expensive. Uh, that gets you. You get to vote every single week. So that's two dollars for four to five votes, depending on how many weeks there are in that month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we uh, we appreciate the support. So Definitely. like, subscribe. Hold on, I got a button for that. Like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Review us. Tell uh, your friends. Tell your friends. Do all the things that are amazing that you do. And uh, we love you. And we will see you next week. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Learning is fun.